Why don't aliens ever want to be seen? Are they self-conscious? Can zombies get food poisoning? All of these questions you can find the answer to on this Paranormal Life! Hello everyone and welcome to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week we investigate a brand new paranormal tale and come to the conclusion at the end of the podcast to decide once and for all if it truly is paranormal. Aliens, demons, ghosts. We've been running for over four years and we still don't know if any of them are paranormal. But it doesn't stop us from trying. We will shy away from no challenge. Uh, my name is Roy Powers, and across from me sits Kit Greer, my fellow paranormal investigator. Are you feeling confident today, Kit? I sure am. Born confident. Born ready. What you got in store for me? I told you this was going to be a big case, and I told you to be prepared mentally and physically for this one. I've been doing uh, 50 push-ups a day for the last week to get prepared. I nice. hurt myself. I hurt myself pretty bad, actually. Oh. So I feel less prepared than I was last week. 50 push-ups a day isn't that really that many... Yeah, and I was breaking it up into 10 sets of three. 10 sets of three is also a really bad way to divide it up. I injured myself on the first down press of the first set of the first day. So you didn't even get one push-up. I did 0.5. Are you okay now? Do I look okay? Well, no. Well, I didn't know if the crutches were because of the the push-up or something. This is why we don't dilly-dally at the start of the podcast, all right? It was Boxing Day, 1980. At RAF Woodbridge, an airfield that served both the RAF and the United States Air Force, right on the edge of Rendlesham Forest. Even though it was Boxing Day, the men at the base were hard at work, because war doesn't take a holiday, so they don't either. Wow. At 2 a.m., Airman First Class John Burroughs was on security with his partner, which basically meant patrolling the perimeter of the base, keeping an eye on the woods. It was a thankless task usually pretty uneventful, but tonight was going to be very different. While patrolling along the usual route, John's partner noticed something through the trees. It looked like a bright light in the distance. Whoa, did you see that? John nodded. He saw it all right. Of course, he wanted to go investigate the source, but he knew the right thing to do was to report it higher up the chain. After a second's hesitation, he beckoned his partner to the nearest post where they could contact a higher-ranking officer. Sir, we have an irregularity out here. Glancing back at the sky, John saw the light was still there. At that moment, a second pair of patrolmen came round the corner, confused to see that they'd managed to catch up with the team in front of them. One of them whispered to John's partner while they waited on the instructions from the commanding officer. Hey, what's going on here? John's partner pointed towards the forest, and the newcomer's mouths dropped as they too saw the odd glow. Yes, sir. Right away. We got our orders, men. We're going into the woods to investigate. Wow. The now group of four prepared to go into the woods to find out the source of the light. But as they were U.S. soldiers on a U.S. base, they knew that as soon as they set foot off of the premises, they'd be out of U.S. jurisdiction meaning they'd have to leave their weapons behind. Is that how it works? Apparently so, at least in 1980. Damn. You can't just wander off your military base and then when a UK policeman is like, why do you have an M16? You say- Because Uncle Sam <laughs> says so, dickhead. Because <laughs> war never sleeps. Freedom's in trouble, brother. You're in the frozen section of Tesco's. You have to put the <laughs> M16 on. You're in a children's play park. War sleeps here. It definitely <laughs> does. You don't hear that noise. It's an ice cream truck. You don't need a grenade. That's an insurgent's <laughs> call to war. Uh, it's very much like the children at Hogwarts are not permitted to use spells once they go back to regular life on Muggle their summer town. holiday on their summer holidays that's right yeah yeah but i think they still do right i think you get in trouble though yeah but you would though i'm not gonna do a semester at hogwarts where i'm told i'm better than half of the earth's population and that i can do magic and then go home from my wizard school and fold my this laundry. is you talking to dumbledore <laughs> he's like you're a first year you don't have any say in this. I'm, I'll just kick you out. I'm not 
doing dishes ever again, Dumbledore. I'm not folding laundry. I'm not cooking food. I have spells and magic to do this okay, shit Okay, but me. I haven't taught you those spells yet, so you still need to come to of, school to of course, learn them. yeah. Is that something we'll be learning soon? No, because like you semester? just said you're going to break every rule at this school. So I guess I'll finish this semester mm-hmm. real fast and pick up a couple things. Is that cool? Because is, is there one for, like, money and shit? Is there a spell? Are there spells for bitcoins? You booked Mr. Dumbledore? this time with me. <laughs> you seem to not know whether you're coming or going to this school. Right. Yes, you can stay at this school. You were already a student okay. at the school. Okay, okay. And, and when do I learn the spells? You're actually missing class right now oh! about how to wash dishes <laughs> using magic. So irresponsible using magic for everything. He's like, sorry, I'll, I'll get back to class right now. Enchants the chair below him that comes to life. Thinks it's a horse. <laughs> Just so lazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 similar. Once you go off Hogwarts premises, uh, you, you're required to put down your wands. Um, because you're in muggle territory now. Isn't this just like an American thing? Do I don't think other countries have bases in every nation on earth quite the same way America do. Definitely not in the same numbers America <laughs> do. I think other places have embassies and America has headquarters, yeah. war headquarters. Just in case. Just in case freedom's in trouble. Or in case mysterious lights show up in the forest at 2 a.m. on Boxing Day. And we can't trust the Brits to get to the bottom of that one, can we? They'll think it's beans on toast or something. <laughs> They'll think a glowing light hovering in the forest at 2 a.m. is is football. <laughs> it's crisps, mate. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So the men set off into the woods. The atmosphere was tense. The animals around them seemed unsettled. They walked in silence watching and listening for any hint of the source of the mysterious light. Of course the animals are unsettled. They were settled, and then six GIs with machine guns started marching into their habitat. No machine guns. They are machine gunless. They are unarmed men. And they're tiptoeing in silence. This is a covert operation. You know, those little bunny rabbits and foxes shouldn't be scared at all. Something's, Something's going on. And these GIs are wearing camouflage. I don't even know how the foxes can see them. This is like, you know, they always say, the animals are the first to know. Don't they? Isn't that a phrase? Did I just make that up? I don't think so. It seems too vague to be a saying. (laughs) Like, know what? (laughs) Like, about politics or... I swear that's a... Is that a saying? Maybe it's not. Well, it's mean the way animals can sense earthquakes or yeah, whatever. or natural disasters or events or things. Not just like the lottery or something. No. But I'm gonna adopt that. That's gonna be my saying now. You know, some people right. will be like, "An apple a day keeps the doctor away." Some people are like, uh, "If you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life." And they're like, "Oh, uh, Grandpa Powers, do you have any sage wisdom you can impose upon your grandchildren?" The animals are always the first to know. But know <laughs> what? When it's all going to go down. (laughs) When it's going to kick off. Trust the birds, my children. Trust the birds. I'm I'm the old man who doesn't have any grandkids of his own, so other grandkids have to come and visit me in the old folks' home. So they kept walking through the forest, searching for any hint to the source of the mysterious light. Then, a transmission blared from John's radio. All units be advised. There's been contact made with Heathrow Tower. And they've sighted an object over the base. The airmen's hearts were pounding. What does that mean? I don't know, but it's not good. As they advanced deeper into the forest, a faint blue glow began creeping through the trees. They bravely marched towards it, filled with dread. And of course, this is where things get really strange. John could just about make out an object ahead in the distance. It was triangular in shape and had blue pulsing lights with a glowing red-orange tip. Whoa, this is not beans on toast. No, this something is really up here. This isn't just car headlights coming through a forest. They're seeing some sort of object. As the four men approached the object, they began to feel heavy. Time itself seemed to have slowed down to half speed, and it felt like gravity had somehow gotten stronger. It was like a strange dream, and the closer they got to the object, the more intense it became. They struggled forward, and after what felt like an eternity, they made it to within a few meters of the metallic pyramid. 
fair play for keeping going. I think as soon as time starts slowing down, yeah. I'm going to start trying to get time to speed all the way back up <laughs> yeah. the opposite direction. If you're walking in any direction and gravity intensifies, turn the f*** around. Go the opposite direction. Not enough that gravity disappears, but you need to be in that sweet spot where everything's normal. Yeah, I, you can't just assume that gravity is going to be all right again once you get to the giant glowing object. Exactly. It's just yeah. going to get worse, probably. But again, these are these are these are military men. These are men of war. They've been trained to run headfirst into danger. They got nothing to lose. Their first memories are landmines going off. They say, they you know when a normal person would see uh, life maybe, possibly from another planet, intelligent life. They see the enemy. They see Tango. They see an intruder on American UK soil. <laughs> John was filled with adrenaline and marched towards the object with his hand outstretched. Looking closely, he could see the surface wasn't metal at all. It was shiny and perfectly smooth, like black glass. We are approaching unarmed, but not because we want to be. We had to leave our guns behind for legal reasons. If y'all come out here, we, we will beat the shit out of you. <laughs> Either that or they just have to pretend like they all have weapons. Yeah. <laughs> come out with your hands up. We we have got really, really big guns. Oh, yeah. Make some make some noises. Pew! No, don't fire. That sounds like a tiny gun. Come on. <laughs> We're going to fire some warning shots. That's good, Gary. Keep it keep it going. We've also got some uh, men on horseback. And we're calling for reinforcements. <laughs> calling, all, calling all reinforcements. No worries. Sending tons of reinforcements. <laughs> oh, you guys better run. Uh, we got a Gundam. Send in the Gundam. <laughs> We got any kaiju back there? <laughs> Sending tons of reinforcements. As if that's how the military would talk. You got it, chief. Tons of reinforcements coming in. The craft didn't have any visible doors, openings, or even seams to mark where the different components had been bolted together. It was just smooth. Wow. Now, John had been in the Air Force for many years already by that point, and he'd seen his fair share of aircraft. But this was something unlike he'd ever laid eyes on before. When his fingers finally grazed against the marble-like material, it was rough to the touch. Ooh, interesting. Guys, get a load of this! It looks like glass, but it feels like sandpaper! But before the others had time to react, something inside the craft jolted. An array of blinking lights illuminated the scene, sending the animals of the forest berserk. They always know. The animals are the first to know! <laughs> <laughs> the humans are like, how did they know it was all about to kick off? It's like, because the, the jolting giant craft. They were just reading the cues. <laughs> They're so intelligent. <laughs> yeah, basically a, a strobe light has descended on a peaceful forest. It's not that hard to tell. Although I'd love it if they were like, it's like the animals are, are always the first to know through their... Uh, discreet, intuitive movements. And he turns around and just, a bunny has hung itself on a tree. <laughs> it buried itself alive inside its little hole. I think they're trying to warn us something's about to happen. <laughs> a donkey jumps off a cliff. They're all just trying to die rather than be in the vicinity of this craft. You probably shouldn't be approaching it then. The men staggered back, shielding their eyes. The earth beneath them seemed to pulse as the craft powered up and left the ground. It began flying away, darting in every direction to avoid smashing into any of the trees as it went. Pretty intense story so far. I appreciate, you know, I'm, I'm throwing you guys in the deep end here, but the truth is, it's all deep end. There is no kiddie pool in this story. It starts at 60 miles per hour and it ends in at 70 miles per hour. We're learning to swim in the Mariana Trench, ladies and gentlemen. It's This is the shallow end. It's only going to get wilder from here on out. This is insanity. If uh, this wasn't a uh, reputable hard work in GIs behind uh, the witnessing here, um, we wouldn't know what to believe. This case is referred to as the UK's Roswell. Wow. Uh, not just in terms of military involvement, but the reputable sources that uh, were there at the scene 
when the craft landed, but also just the amount of evidence for this case, which is amazing. Ooh. That's a really rare one we don't have on the podcast a lot. And I'm just going to do a little foreshadowing that uh, there might even be a little bit of room for a cover-up. Who knows? But first, let's start off with some evidence. Kit, here's a picture of John and an illustration of the craft that he saw that night. Don't you just love a case with evidence? I mean, as we said, all of these people are military men, so after this encounter, presumably, there had to be some official write-up and reporting. Yeah, this guy doesn't f*** around. (laughs) That's a trustworthy man, right? (laughs) He is looking with the cold, hard stare of a Vietnam veteran into the camera. He is a no-nonsense mustache. Oh, yeah. He's hugging an Alsatian dog at the same time. Well, not hugging, because that wouldn't be a very military thing to do. He's posing next to uh, Alsatian. That's probably killed a few guys. <laughs> uh, this guy, very trustworthy. He looks like he could be in a dad squad and the Galactic 12 at the same time. Like moonlighting at the Galactic 12, but also in the dad squad. Yeah, you forget that he might be a shoe-in, to be honest, for the Galactic 12. You forget that the Air Force... Even though they might not be in it, like immediately qualified, they are kind of the closest thing to a space force. We have. <laughs> right, yeah, so you kind of forget a lot of people tra- transition from the Air Force into um, being an astronaut. Yeah, definitely. And you know, the Galactic Twelve, you know, it's made up of celebrities and professional athletes. But you know, there's got to be just one dude called John that no one knows who he is or what he's done. But then, and at this but, point, we're too scared to ask. Yeah. If you're right up there with like Ryan Gosling and professional, I don't know, NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> and then there's also this guy called John. And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> what does he do? So I don't know, but it must be pretty f-ing cool if he's here. All I know is we all get here in the morning and he's made coffee for everyone. <laughs> so we're too uh, afraid to question his authority. Now I'm moving on to a diagram of what he saw. Yes. Uh, it's rudimentary. Mm-hmm. In the way that a you know military man who doesn't have a lot of time for um, such niceties as fancy illustrations uh, yeah. would do, it's a it's very rudimentary, but it does get across the basic idea. I mean, this is it's practical. It's a very bizarre shape, like exactly as you described: huge triangle, multiple circular shapes all over it, and a little bit of text describing what's on it. Giant ball on the top, red and orange color. You know, these are men of war. All right. Do you think in their official military reports, they're going to fire open Photoshop and give you a render of the craft? You think they're going to take out their bamboo tablets and draw a beautiful picture with cell shading? No, they're going to carve something into bark with a Rambo knife and hand it over as an illustration. To be fair, that looks a lot like what this could be. I do, I do actually have a problem with this whenever we do cases and a lot of times... They go, here's this crazy cryptid we're going to talk about today. And let's jump to an artist's interpretation. Like, don't let an artist interpret it. They're crazy. They go to art (laughs) school. They smoke weed all day long. They don't know what aliens look like. Get a scientist's interpretation. This is is such a practical drawing that... He drew a circle and then below it a triangle. And then instead of drawing all the other features of the craft, he's just written them in the triangle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so instead yeah. of drawing that out, he's just like <laughs> orange light. <laughs> you got to play to your strength. <laughs> but hey, he, at least we have some evidence here. That's already pretty good. And he's been through a lot. So actually show him some goddamn respect. I mean, let's just think about the steps that need to happen in your career for you to be as a military veteran to be drawing a spaceship on a napkin and giving it to scientists i mean that's (laughs) that's not somewhere he planned to ever be yeah this is like uh this is like if you get mugged and then the police are like can you tell me what the guy looked like absolutely not no because it happened so quickly that you're just like i think he had two legs i think it was a man maybe could have been a woman. I don't <laughs> yeah, really are know. You sure? It happened fast. Because we found a raccoon with a bunch of phones around the corner. So that <laughs> eh, could be it, actually. But in the movies, they make it look really easy because they're like, oh, did he have, you know, any defining scars, an <laughs> eye patch, a peg leg? Imagine being in this circumstance and then you just might not remember anything. Yeah. The whole thing is over so fast. And yet, it was only just beginning. Oh, okay. <laughs> John and the gang took off running after the craft, 
Its erratic movement lit up the forest like a strobe light, running as fast as they could. They soon reached the edge of the tree line. There! It's landing! The spacecraft touched down at the far end of a field behind a little farmhouse. This time, without fear, the men headed straight for the object. But before they could get anywhere near it, it lit up and shot vertically into the sky like a carnival ride. Damn. But unlike before, this time its launch was completely silent. Imagine that. That would scare the shit out of me. I, I don't like that. at that point. God. Is it just going to like, did it just jump into the air like a, a boss in a video game and it's about to crush you now? Yeah. <laughs> it comes yeah. back to Earth. Thinking it would be best to return to the base and report their sighting, they headed back through the woods. But within minutes, the UFO popped back up into view. They charged at it and it fluttered away like a cowardly dragonfly. The same thing happened over and over again for the next two hours before it eventually disappeared for the last time. Exhausted, confused, and most importantly, out of their own jurisdiction, they decided the only thing to do was to call the UK police. So bear in mind, at 4 a.m. on Boxing Day, the UK police joined the men in the woods. Obviously incredibly skeptical. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lighthouse on the coast, you know. They tend to shine the light pretty bright. Are you sure that's not what you saw? John and the gang are not having it. They're like, bro, we saw this thing take off into the night sky. It was buzzing about like you a know, John bumblebee. John grabs him, grabs him by the, the scruff of his collar, hits him up against a tree. <laughs> Listen to me, you son of a bitch. We've been up all night chasing this I thing. Saw. It's kind of hard for for you to assume that anyone else will be as interested in this as you are if you call them out at 4 a.m. on Boxing Day. Yeah, it's just so out there. And as we know, the police's job is spread uh, quite thin already. Um, you know, police really, in a perfect world, would just have to solve uh, crimes like theft and murder. Right. Uh, but actually, a lot of the time, they get brought in to solve like social problems. And in this case, UFOs. And it's not really, they haven't got time. Yeah. Or training for this. They're just showing me like, even if it was a UFO, what do you, you guys are the ones with the guns. I've got and, a taser and, and, and a the, nightstick. you got the guns and the planes. Chase them. I don't know. <laughs> you woke me out I've of bed. I've got a nightstick. Yeah. That's it. What am I going to do with that? It was so late, the police decided the best thing to do was to just leave, pretty much, and take no further action. So, defeated, the airmen went back to the base to report their experience and hopefully get some sleep. The next day, John couldn't resist going back to the woods in broad daylight. He followed the path from the night before and soon reached the clearing. There were broken trees littered around, and on the ground where the ship had originally stood, there were three deep indentations on the ground in a neat triangle. Whoa. The grooves were a good couple of inches deep. Even stranger, there were what appeared to be scorch marks on the trunk and branches around the perimeter of the clearing. Thinking that he now had unrefutable proof for the police, he called detectives out again for an official investigation. Oh boy. But once again, they brushed off the whole thing like it was nothing. <laughs> I'll tell you about the lighthouse. So you've called us out to look at some snap twigs in the woods. And what, something's dug a few holes? Who are we supposed to arrest, a rabbit? The police didn't care and quickly once again left without further interest. At this point, John has just accepted nobody seems to give a shit about this as much as he does. We all have to learn that lesson the hard way, brother. <laughs> so we headed back to camp. After all, it was the base's Christmas party that evening and he wanted to enjoy it. In attendance of the party that evening was Air Force Big Cheese Lieutenant Colonel Charles Holt. He'd been briefed about the rumored sightings before the party but, like most of the people in this story, couldn't give a ratata's ass about it. But unfortunately, he wouldn't have a choice. During the party, a colleague approached him. Uh, Lieutenant, <clears throat> sir, it's it's back. What? The, the craft, sir, it's back. Speak up, son. Lieutenant, the UFO is back! Silence <laughs> descended on the entire hall. Lieutenant Holt could hear whispers rippling through the uniformed men around him. He knew this wasn't something that he could continue to push under the rug. All right, all right, I'll go investigate. 
So we gathered a team of six sergeants to head into the woods just after midnight. Their first stop was the clearing where the airmen claimed to have first seen the spaceship. Holt had heard all sorts of nonsense whirling around the base that day that he was ready to debunk, so he was surprised to reach the site and see it all. The broken trees, the deep boreholes in the earth? It was suspicious enough that he ordered his team to start collecting samples. So they did. The team got to work bagging up bits of charred moss and splintered trees. Sergeant Nevels, though a little inexperienced, was in charge of measuring the levels of radioactivity on the ground. Everyone's inexperienced for this situation, so that's fine. Yeah, I don't think it's protocol to have someone who's experienced in measuring radioactivity on an airbase. It just seems like anyone who has the kit is experienced. If you know how to turn the button on, you're experienced. You just know that this sergeant is some, like, colonel in America's son, and uh, the colonel's, like, talking to his superior. Hey, you think you can... uh... Get him in somewhere. He can do his basic training. Pretty easy. Not too much going on. You know what I mean? He's not really a tough guy. But say no more. <laughs> Rendlesham unit. I'll send him over there. They don't do jack shit. They play dominoes all day long. <laughs> Wait till you, and then instantly way over his head. Yeah. On the night of the Christmas party as well. They're like, Yo, just go in, have a good time. Have a couple of drinks. The two minutes into the party. Uh, invasion from another planet. When put to the test, the Geiger counter showed peak readings. Now, our researcher Amy even went as far as to read the declassified Ministry of Defense file that said that the Ministry of Defense came in and tested the radiation themselves shortly after because they were like, there's no way that this is right. This kid has definitely just f***ed up. And sure enough, Neville's had f***ed it up. (laughs) But that's because... The readings were even higher than they originally thought. Holy! Some of the men on the scene even blame their health problems today on the exposure to the radiation. Good lord. This is like, uh, didn't that happen in Chernobyl? I don't know if that was just a TV show where when the Russians were trying to cover up the radioactivity, uh, they sent out people to measure the levels. And they said, yeah, it's, it's 0.35 on the Geiger counter. Don't worry about it, guys. And then it turned out, their Geiger counters only went to 0.35. The true <laughs> level was thousands of times higher. As they're coming back to give the readings, they're, ske- they're just skeletons by the time they get to the end of the road. Yeah, I think everything's fine. I mean, are you guys blind too? Or is it just, is it just me now? Um, wow. So people actually believe that they were radioactively poisoned by this. Which presumably has to be a decent amount of radiation. For a limited exposure time like that, it's not like they were uh, living there, like just hanging out in that little patch for yeah. years. It'd be different if the colonel was like, "All right, we need get, we need to test everything here." Um, Neville's eat that rock. <laughs> yeah, Billy, chomp that leaf. We got to make sure everything tastes normal. Yeah, uh, sure, that would probably give you radiation poisoning. But just being in the vicinity, being in this area, that's that's got to be pretty high. It's either that or there was something messed up in the Christmas fruit punch. Yeah. At this point, it's getting pretty damn hard for Halt to ignore all of the evidence. The radiation, the trees, the holes, the eyewitnesses. Something had been out there in the woods that night. And just as the men were scratching their heads for logical explanations, the men see a light in the sky. No. It was back again! F*** off. Now, it's Santa! (laughs) It's absolutely Santa. He's arriving at the Christmas party in his shining sleigh craft made of sandpaper. Now, here's why the case is so highly regarded in the UFO community. On top of all this evidence, there's a declassified audio recording taken by Lieutenant Holt documenting their sighting of the craft that night. How cool is that? We have an audio recording. We can actually listen to their reactions. This is sick. We very, very rarely get to experience this kind of evidence. Now, I will say the quality is kind of all over the place, but we'll we'll sort through it. We'll go through a couple different bits and see oh, what we can make out. I'd be disappointed if it wasn't. I mean, that's so much part of the ambience of investigating the paranormal. Like, I would be gutted, frankly, if we had crystal clear HD audio recordings. It just <laughs> wouldn't be the same, would it? Yeah, it needs to be aged. Uh, and let me tell you, this is aged. Check this out. Watch, right ahead off my flash back there. So there it is. Hey, I see it too. What is it? 
don't know, sir. So you have a tag or something? Yeah, it's a strange, small red light. Looks the uh, maybe a quarter and a half mile, maybe further out. Let's switch off. The light is gone now. It was approximately 120 degrees from the site. Is it back again? Yes, sir. Everything else is just deathly calm. There is no doubt about it. There's some type of strange flashing red light ahead. Yeah, it's yellow. I saw a yellow tinge in it, too. Weird. It, it appears to be maybe moving a little bit this way. It's, it's brighter than it has been. Yellow. It's coming this way. Awesome. It is definitely coming this way. Pieces of it are shooting off. There is no doubt about it. This is weird. Okay, we're looking at the thing. We're probably about two to 300 yards away. It looks like an eye winking at you. It's still moving from side to side. And when you put the star scope on it, it, it sort of has a hollow center, a dark center. It's, it's you know, like the pupil of an eye looking at you and winking. And the flash is so bright to the star scope that uh, it almost burns your eye. And the ones in the north are moving, ones moving away from us. Moving out fast. Yeah, we're both heading north. Here he comes from the south. He's coming toward us now. Now we're observing what appears to be a beam coming down to the ground. This is unreal. Pretty crazy stuff, right? Holy moly! I mean, we <laughs> we heard him. I was like, okay, well, this could be a couple of different things. By the end, he's like. The tractor beam is descending <laughs> towards the ground. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how um, how much people were able to get from that. So just a couple snippets from the recording that were that were said by Halt is pieces of it are shooting off. It's got a dark center that looks like an eye blinking. A beam is coming down to the ground. This is unreal, and this is the actual audio recording. So you have to. You know, close your eyes and imagine them in the forest witnessing this thing happening in front of them, trying to explain it in words. I mean, it's a miracle that he even had the foresight to start an audio recording of the experience. Totally. And it's so great because it corroborates with um, Neville and you can also hear his voice. Yeah. So, you know, it's not just the first guy bullshitting you. Yeah, this wasn't just someone who, as you said, had had a bit too much moonshine at the Christmas party and stumbled out into the woods thinking that a lighthouse was a UFO. There's a whole group of people out here seeing the same thing. Now, thanking his lucky stars that he'd got all of this on tape, Holt took it to his superior officer the next morning. It was distributed through the high ranks, and the decision was made to send it to the British military, who did nothing. Absolutely nothing. Didn't care at all. Interesting. In fact, the entire event might have been completely forgotten about if the news of the world hadn't stumbled accidentally across a memo from Halt to the Ministry of Defense reading, We have a sighting of some unusual lights in the sky. We have sent some armed troops to investigate. We are terming it as a UFO as present. This is weird. Uh, obviously, once paranormal cases that we've investigated before once they get into the hands of the government and the military things start to well unfortunately this one starts off with the military so <laughs> yeah. uh, things can become opaque shady weird yeah. because suddenly geopolitics is at, is at stake and we don't know what the true motivations of these countries and people are we don't know if the British government simply don't care or if they know maybe more than they're letting on. Maybe they've seen it too. Seems weird to do nothing though. Yeah. Like this is one of the most dramatic probably UFO encounters I've ever researched before. And John and Holt are, are having to beg people to give a shit. It blows me away. Why? What is the base for? If, if, if an unidentified craft comes down and laser beams a cow out of a field, Shouldn't they be involved? What is this Air Force base doing if not investigating that? It seems like a breach of security, at least. At the very least. Even if it was a hot air balloon, they should have sent a missile to take it down. But what I'm wondering is, does the lack of interest say more than even interest could? Right, right. So you think he's going to the British military and he's like, hey, you guys need to, you need to come look at this. And they're like... Uh, they're like, oh, no, can I no. Just I, see that photo real quick. 
<laughs> what you did you just eat the photo but even what th- photo I, I would even respect that a little <laughs> bit more because that's an action instead now they're just like oh no don't worry about it and it's like really you should probably i said don't worry about it let it go <laughs> the queen strongly suggests that you let it go it just seems strange because you have this like lower class guy who's begging people to take any interest nobody does it isn't until the colonel is basically face to face with an alien gray that he believes it. Uh-huh. And now no one will believe him. Yeah. Who they're just gonna have to escort the president out into this field and give him radiation poisoning just so he will say that this is a UFO. I agree. It's unusual. It also throws up questions of isn't it too perfect that this thing arrives at a US military base? I mean, so often with unidentified flying objects, the speculation is that they are some kind of military testing vehicle. Right, right. This is the meme of Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man. This is what some people would claim is a military test thing, but it's the goddamn military who are discovering it and trying to get the word out. So who, who is this? Who's behind it? Right. You think it could be some sort of um, secret drone, you know, there to get footage of the base while everyone's getting loaded at the Christmas party. Well, if we are going to, for a minute, try and be scientific about it, you want to say... Not a minute. I'll give you 20 seconds. Okay, f***ing hell. To be scientific. If we want to be scientific about it, uh, logically, the most advanced technology on Earth would be uh, developed by the world's militaries. You said quite enough. You said quite enough. Uh, I should have given you 20 seconds. What? You had, you had seconds that to spare. That point made sense. It's a valid point. Oh, do we know if this isn't the British military, if it's not the Chinese or Russians? Uh, what Russian aircraft leaks nuclear goo, my friend? What uh, Russian uh, aircraft I mean... can take off without making a sound? What Russian aircraft makes bunnies hang themselves and the foxes light themselves, themselves on a, fire? That was a joke. The animals are always the first to know, Kit. Okay, well, why don't we go ask the animals? And I have, it on good, I have it on good authority that that night a horse shot itself. I have it on wood authority from the <laughs> animals of Farthing Wood. Yeah, I think this thing is too weird. I mean, you're, you're forgetting about uh, John's first testimony about touching the craft, that it was smooth, like black glass, but felt like sandpaper. There were no seams. It was completely, I don't know, blended all around. A weird I, triangle I agree. Dome. It sounds like something far more advanced, clearly, than any technology we even have today, which is decades later. Uh, but I think it's just interesting. All if, right. If the military don't want to hear about it. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest, and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs it's online convenient flexible and suited to your schedule we're saying they can get things off my chest like uh, zonktar here don't give it a name maybe me and zonktar can sign up for better help together give it a shot 
And whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Well, luckily, we still have a little bit to go. During the whole ordeal, over 15 people saw the craft during its visit, both military officers and civilians. Since the event in 1980, the story has only gotten crazier. Local forestry worker Vince Thurkettle said the morning after the sightings, he was approached by middle-aged men in suits, asking him questions about what he'd seen. In May of 2021, just this year, holy, an anonymous witness came forward and claimed that he has photographs from the night. Jeez. Apparently, he was poaching in the woods at the time, which is why he didn't, <laughs> see want, why to, get quiet. Why he didn't want to come forward. And I am a little skeptical about this because this seems, I mean, if you have photographs like this, it doesn't matter if you were poaching or not, you can prove that there's life on another planet. I think people might look past the poaching. It kind of seems like you waited until Photoshop was invented (laughs) and then revealed your beautiful photographs. Just, uh, yeah, just have a peek. All right. Uh, This is it, these three? Just those three, yeah. These are not photographs. Wait, what do you mean? They're, at best, black metal <laughs> album covers. They are photographs taken on the night by a poacher who requests to remain anonymous. This is, I don't know. These are just like, they look like black and white drawings of a of a wood uh, with just a big bright light. It was the 1980s, all right? They had cameras. They had good cameras. Cameras were potatoes, not night. No, they not, not night cameras. Night cameras were potatoes. This is not a lot to go on for evidence from 2021. I think it's yeah. God, it's a little weird that he waited this long. I will say the the coolest thing about this is, um, you know, the first one is just like an orb in the woods. Sure, whatever. That's pretty easy to. The next two are orbs in the woods as well. Well, there's other things going on as well. Sure, there are orbs in the woods. But have you noticed in the second one, in the second photograph, the orb is like an eye? Yeah, it has like a circle in the middle. It has like a dark void in the middle of the orb. Yeah, as described. Pretty cool. And in the third one, the orb is now above the trees and it has the beam of light that Halt said that he saw coming down onto the earth. I, yeah, I wouldn't want to see that in the woods. No, I would think beam. it's the end of the world. Yes, it is a bit War of the Worlds, I have to say. I would repent on the spot or maybe get a couple last sins in. I don't know. <laughs> Either one or the other. I mean, I don't, I don't know what kind of sinning you can get up to in the woods with 30 seconds to live. I don't know. Bang an animal. Okay. Is that a sin? Yeah, I thought that was where we might be headed. <laughs> might fuck a tree. I don't think it's a sin, but it's pretty weird. You definitely know what no tree f- are in heaven. That's for sure. But just imagining the bunnies running as fast as they can because just because you looked at them, because of course the animals are the first to know. <laughs> There's probably a lot of stuff that should be sins, but, but aren't, you know, cause the sins were always like even the 10 commandments, you know, were pretty, well, so there's some that are specific, but some that are kind of vague, quite poetic. Um, okay. There's a couple things like, I mean, having <laughs> sex with a tree. Some I mean, of them are vague, you know, like do not kill, but like, what if, <laughs> what what if they're mean? a bad person? And how much wiggle room is there there, yeah. Doc? What if I just push them down the stairs so I didn't kill them? The, the gravity of the stairs killed them. Is that okay? And what if, what if your husband is a, a very, very old billionaire and he's on the way out anyway? And really, you could do with the money a lot more than he could. <laughs> is that bad? This is me on death row. So I loaded the gun, sure, but I trained a hamster to pull the trigger. And it doesn't say anything in the Ten Commandments about that. <laughs> They're putting, the, putting strapping me into the electric chair. Well, I thought, I thought thou shalt not kill. Guys, come on. Double standards here. Um, yeah, you know, like uh, thou shalt not be sick on a child. That should be a sin. Vomit on a child. I don't know. I'm thinking of really weird I mean, things you could do. I don't think the Ten Commandments was a laundry list of everything that's wrong. It wasn't like anything else outside of these is good. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's just, those true. are the those are the death row level sins. But I mean, if you were at he- if you were in heaven, right at the pearly gates, and you're like, okay, yeah, you were a good guy. Uh, you did some charity work. You loved okay. that neighbor. Awesome. Uh, you did. Uh, 23 years old, get drunk in a children's play park at a mm-hmm. McDonald's and uh, vomit on a child in the ball pit. Sure. Is it a sin, though? This, this would be me talking to him. Is it a sin, though, dude? Show me show me where I says I can't get into, into those gates just because I vomit on a child because I thought I, I could uh, down a vanilla milkshake right after chugging uh, four White Claws. I think, is, I mean, is being intoxicated, is that... Is that a bad oh, thing in yeah. its own? Gluttony. I think that's how they get you. Is that gluttonous? I think the white claws was the sin. <laughs> right. I think, yeah. The vomit. It's just a bad thing to because do. Because if you just had a bad burrito and you vomited and a child happened to be in the way. Yeah. Not saying that's happened to me. Right, right. But yeah, yeah. that surely in the eyes of the law wouldn't be a sin. Well, because, uh, I mean, you don't deserve to go to heaven for sure. Uh, but hell, that's pretty mean. Just for being sick on a child? Yeah. You know, that's not fair. Isn't there like different, the different denominations of Christianity? Like, don't some believe in purgatory, but not others? Oh, I don't know. Am I getting that right? I, I mean, probably, yeah. I feel yeah. like they don't all believe in purgatory. It's like, it's for them, it's black or white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You either uh, lied on your tax rebate or something. And, Got or, it. Or, it's, or not. It's clean cut. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish... Uh, I wish we had like a meter that we could check mm. like guitar hero, you know, that when you start doing bad in life, the, it starts dropping and, and the angels are booing you. Oh, and you're like, I oh shit. I need to say a couple prayers and give some money to charity so I can get my star power and go back up to heaven. Well, the beauty of uh, Catholicism, at least I, I always thought was uh, like back in the day, you could do anything wrong. And as soon as you repent once, all's forgiven clean sheet baby wow you know so what you're saying is i could f- a tree and then i could just say forgive me father and it would all be better it would all be better it would all be fine i got nothing to feel guilty about god turns out to be a tree <laughs> god and he's like absolutely not no no you're the first human to ever do that i didn't even think that would be a possibility so i didn't put it in the 10 commandments <laughs> yeah this is why but i'm adding it now there are 11 there's 11 so it's all don't the f- ones trees. Don't f- trees. i can't believe i have to say that uh yeah wow that's pretty um wow i should get into that one because then you could just wipe the slate clean that's like playing on guitar hero on easy mode yeah no one's booing you yeah wow it's like playing bowling with the rails up yeah <laughs> can't go wrong <laughs> Do as much bad shit as you want. <laughs> You're just barreling down your life, bumping, <laughs> sitting against the walls, and you still get a perfect strike at the end. Um, all right. I don't remember how we got there, but um, don't have sex with trees. Uh, and if you do, admit the... I mean, it can't be good sorry. anyway. It shouldn't have to tell you that. I don't know. You drill a hole somewhere. This is enough. Okay. Is enough. <laughs> yeah. You drill a hole somewhere. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> But the most interesting additional piece of information in this case is that, believe it or not, this incident occurred just one day before the Cash Landrum encounter in Texas. Whoa, that's a weird, ambitious crossover event. Yeah, but one I felt the need to bring in because, if people don't know, I think the Cash Landrum UFO case was maybe even a two-parter that we investigated. It was a huge case where uh, people in America also saw a craft come descend on the earth. It was shaped more like a um, diamond than a triangle. That's true. But most importantly, the people that were there that witnessed it got radiation poisoning. Mm -hmm. They got really bad radiation poisoning, and I think one of them even died. Um, It's one of the most convincing UFO stories in all of American history, and I'm pretty sure we gave it a double yes at the end. So, I mean, if this thing is capable of intergalactic travel, is it so crazy to think it can fly around the, the Earth, you know, in the period of 24 hours, visiting different locations? Yeah, that's the least of its possibilities, to be honest. Yeah, right? Now, I will say, before we kind of wrap up and come to our conclusions, I know we don't go too deep into our logical explanations on this paranormal life, uh, but there is one popular one that I feel like should be mentioned. There are claims that apparently the whole endeavor was a prank on the U.S. Air Force by the SAS. 
Apparently, there had been some rivalry and pranking while at the base, but I don't know. Come on. This is a pretty elaborate prank, if that, if that is what it turned out to be. You son of a bitch. I was digging. I was digging at the fact the British military didn't want to hear about this. And you were like, why would anyone do that, kid? Why, why wouldn't the British military be interested? Because it was a prank. And it got it out of control. A, it absolutely wasn't a prank. A glowing pyramid gave four people radiation poisoning. That's a song. Pranks get out of control sometimes. <laughs> Remember happy slapping? No one intended for that to go south. That's true. That's really true. Well, a lot of people, that's the point is that it went south. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think this is even a level above happy slapping. I'm not saying my mind's made up. I'm just, uh, okay. I just want um, vindication. So tell me, what what was the prank? Because, you know, saying it was a prank is a very easy way to brush it off. Okay. But then when you look at the explanation as to how all of these things could have been a prank. Mm -hmm. It is ludicrous. The SAS would have allegedly had to have set off flares and rockets in the forest right beside the base. Um, also using magnetic remote controlled uh, balloons to be sent into the sky and using some sort of radio dispersed metal down onto the earth so bizarrely elaborate that um i mean it would almost be an act of war rather than a prank um so i i kind of quickly ruled it out i mean there's too many i mean the the guy touched the diamond he he said it looked like a blinking a giant blinking eye i don't know that's a pretty cool prank if you can pull that off it would be so i, I don't know i'm happy to rule that one out but i thought it was just worth throwing in a logical explanation for the sake of argument. Rory's standing up, by the way. He <laughs> seems to be rallying towards a very, very powerful yes conclusion. I'm just saying, I think this is one of uh, one of our most convincing UFO cases in terms of evidence. There's not often that we have actual recordings from the moment the craft was spotted from a military official who, of course, has been shamed and thrown under the bus Almost immediately. Um, I think the, <laughs> they said he lost his nerve. I think the government still uh, to this day claimed that there was no UFO on site. I don't know if that's changed with the recent uh, revealings and declassified documents. Who knows? Yeah, now they seem to be well into UFOs. Don't know when that came about. Oh, yeah. They pretty much have been denying it for so long. And now they're kind of like, ah, nah, they're all real. It was all real the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, if you guys could help us work it out, that'd be great. Yeah, we should have probably opened up years ago because we're doing us no favors yeah. keeping the secrets. I don't know what the f*** is going on. Uh, look, that's all the evidence. I told you the story about the, the Rendlesham UFO. A great case. A greatly researched case. Thank you. Thank you. What are your What are your immediate thoughts? Wow. And also your final thoughts. <laughs> oh, no pressure. <laughs> you got 20 seconds, by the way. Uh, Hold oh, damn. You know, I may be a naive man, but I, you know, me and Rory work in the audio profession, you know, we work in podcasts, music, these kinds of things. So maybe, maybe I like audio. Maybe I, that's why I like audio evidence. And even though we've seen audio evidence in the past, it could be fake. It could be duplicitous. It could be a hoax. There's something about that audio recording. I love to hear the fear in the person's voice experiencing the paranormal at that very moment. It just makes us feel like we're there. We can feel it, that it's real and visceral. And this actually happened to someone. It's not just a fun little, uh, you know, blog entry on someone's website about yeah. this case. This was someone's life. And, you know, we, we use sound effects and music and storytelling to try and bring all these moments to life. But nothing is going to beat that. In a lot of these cases, you know people will retell the story years and years on and maybe things change a little bit. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it was 30 feet or I think it was a blue light, but now it was probably more purple. Because we have that recording, we get the descriptions literally as they're happening in front of these men. So it's it's maybe some of the most important evidence we've ever had on this podcast. And for that reason, it makes this case very, very compelling. I hope you appreciate it. I've been busting your balls throughout 
only to try and get to the bottom of this one. Um, it's just so bizarre. Yeah. But I have to say, looking at everything all together and hearing those first-hand testimonies, touching the object, the fact that multiple people have experienced it up front and close up with uh, these other GIs, the fact that they experienced this radiation poisoning, I mean, that alone is a huge red flag and weird piece of evidence. Yeah. So I don't know if we come down to final conclusions... Should we uh, should we make our decision on a countdown? We can do one, two, three, and then say it. Let's go. All right. Three, two, two one. one. Yes, baby! That is a double yes, folks. Look, we, wow. we have never had a case like this before with so many firsthand... Uh, testimonies from military men, drawings of the craft, audio recordings of the craft, and radioactive evidence left behind. Um, while there are some very weak, plausible explanations, this thing is paranormal, folks. Uh, and there's no other way around it. I, I would definitely recommend people to do their own research into this case. While we did cover almost all of it today, you know, it's just an interesting story to look into. Uh, and there's a lot of lore and uh, a lot of amazing interviews even now taking place from some of the men who were there that night. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's not that long ago, which makes it all the more interesting. Yeah, the people, I mean, uh, you can watch interviews with Lieutenant Holt, who has, I mean, he's a lot more composed now than he was in the audio recording. But he's, he's like, like yeah, eh, it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one interview, which was really sad because he was like, uh, the. I think the interviewer was like, uh, oh, like what was what was going through your head when you were seeing the object? And he was like, just that uh, no one would ever believe me. And I was like, yeah, actually, if you did witness something like this, there is a part of you that's like, wow, this is incredible. But um, who can I turn to? My life's over. I'm I'm not gonna be uh, in the army anymore. Uh, my friends won't believe me, and it's pretty much over for You've me. You've been red pilled. Yeah, you're oh. <laughs> you're now part of an exclusive club of uh, beings in this universe that knows that there's other beings on other planets, uh, but no one else in your planet will believe you. I mean, it's a pretty lonely place to be. It is, uh, unless you listen to this podcast. <laughs> there's actually a lot of us. And then you got thousands, mighty, mighty nerds in our little caves. And we don't need evidence. We just believe yeah. from day one. Love is our evidence. So thank you so much for Amy Grizzle for researching that case. And thank you to Cami Toman for editing. Guys, we hope you enjoyed this investigation. Double yes, they are rare. If you listen to this podcast enough, you know how rare those cases are. But with a UFO case, especially one this convincing, um... Uh, you're going to get it. You're going to find it. And uh, it's good to have that drought broken because I think we had a while there with a lot of double no's. We were getting a bit too rational for our own good. Yeah, we need to be shaked about and, you know, freaked out. We need to stop going into regular houses. And we need to start going into haunted houses. That's right. Get freaked out and terrified to come to paranormal conclusions about everything. And hopefully this starts a long train of yeses. I'm sure Kit will bring a case next week. Um, which within the first five minutes, I'll be saying yes. Wouldn't get your hopes up, bud. Wouldn't okay. get your hopes up. <laughs> do you have like a, do you know what it is yet? Or Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Any, in, any insight? She is long and she is disappointing. Okay. Well, I, I was kind of like thinking maybe we could do this as like teeing up people no, to get interested. you're going to want to cut week. it out. I'll tell you all about it and then you're going to want to cut it out. So I'll give you the spiel right now, but okay. you just uh, go ahead and just beep this out. No, uh, well, well, let's just not do it then. Let's just not do it if you have to. Oh. A guy who and then oh my that's not even paranormal. Yeah, that's just yeah, rude no, and illegal. No. I, I'm in too deep. I've written the thing. It's done. So I hate to say it's coming out. Did you get it on? Where did you get this story? The dark web. I actually, did some of the things you said were just addresses to people's homes. And how many family members they had. That's really, that's f***ed up. Why yeah. would you think that's the premise for a podcast? I just think shake <laughs> things up. Tell me to shake things up I and get, get wild and get wacky and get dangerous and illegal, I think you said. I definitely didn't say three of those things. Your wacky, story, dangerous so and illegal. it's okay when people get radioactively poisoned in your story, but when I do it, it's like messed up. In yours it was, yeah, because you could put it in drinking water. 
Which, well, by the I way, need is to know evidence. what happens to human beings when they drink the water. The only way that's evidence is in a court case against you where they're trying to put you in jail. Mm. Yeah, we might have to wait until the po- wait until the case. All right. And wait until my lawyer wins the case for me until we release to that release episode. This. I don't think we should record it for a start because that's evidence in itself. No, the uh, it'll be all good. I'm I'm in court right. this week, and the lawyer says, uh, "Either said I don't have a chance, or they don't have a chance. I don't really remember, but I mean, I'm paying them, so it must be I must have a chance, right? So it'll be up on Tuesday. I bet. I'm sure it's fine. Right. Whatever. Eh. Bad lawyer, I think, because that's not how. That's not the mm-hmm. attitude he should be taking. No, I'm pretty as an approach I'm, to your case. I'm pretty sure he said I'll go to jail forever. But no, no, probably they'll go to jail forever. Yeah. Well, which one? Every time you repeat it, you say you well, and Why would he they. say I'm going to go to jail together if I'm paying him to defend me? And that would mean he's a bad lawyer, right? Which I he, think he, he is. He probably isn't because what if he hit f***ing hell? What if he is? Okay, I'm just going to ask one question. And based on that, I'm going to make a decision. Where did you find the lawyer? Dark web. Okay. <laughs> is that an issue? You're, out, you're a lawyer on the dark web. But he's not... That's a crime, I think. He's well known for defending the Serbian mafia in some landmark war crime cases. Okay. So he's... he. Well, he didn't get them off, but they were bad, like bad, worse than me, so... Right. All right. Um, We might have, we might rethink this because I was just thinking like a, a haunting or something, like a ghost story would be good. Nah. For next week. I don't know, so. man. Four years in, we've done it all. We've done it all. Is it a ghost? Is it not a ghost? Okay. I don't know. I, Boom, I You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So I guess tune in next week. Um, Where to, is the Serbian mafia? To find out. Radioactively poisoning all right. people. I'm going to have to keep beeping all of this. You understand, right? So they're not even going to understand what you're talking about. Fine. Uh, I guess tune in next week. Uh, if Kit wants to air it, we, we'll air it. And you can find out the... Uh, Find out what kids got in store. Enjoy for your us. tap water, listeners. <laughs> no, between don't, now and then, don't, uh, buy some bottled. No, don't, because that's bad for the environment. I don't know. Just, just be I careful. I know where y'all live. Just Got the addresses off the dark. Protect web. yourself. It's all on there. I think everything. Um, I think next week is going to be a yes, a double yes. Kit should be executed for his <laughs> crimes. <laughs> the it'd be a triple yes by the judge, jury, and executioner. <laughs> Look, if you love this paranormal life and uh, you just can't get enough, you want to support the show, you want to listen to additional content, you guys know where to go. It's patreon.com, where we have a ton of bonus material, bonus episodes, and t-shirts. All of the money goes to directly supporting the show. We don't run ads on this podcast, so the only way that we make any money from this show to help things run, to buy new gear, to get equipment, to pay for editors and researchers, it all comes from patreon so thank you so much so for all of your go support. get some content go get a t-shirt go get some bottled water or some fresh spring uh bottled water over on patreon um i don't wasn't read the label i wasn't made aware label. of this i wasn't made aware of this and i need to say that ignore legally. the color for the it is the, just just close your eyes and taste it and it hold your nose as well hold your nose as well obviously what color what, ignore the it, color it doesn't taste good but it is it's good for you though what's the what, what color is it if it's you're like, selling it's it as water bottles. Of, uh, it looks swampy. It does. It really right. does. But it's from a, a spring swamp. A, mine, a glacier spring swamp. Okay. I don't think that exists. I think uh, I think you put swamp it's water fresh. in an Evian bottle. It's fresh. Which I'm worried about. So uh, don't do that. But do check out all the other tiers. Uh, There's some really good stuff over there. Uh, and if you want to keep up to date with everything in this paranormal life, you know where to find us. Twitter.com at thisparalife. Facebook, Instagram, uh, come check it out. We post video clips from the episodes of the show. We post paranormal memes and we post all of our news and updates on those accounts. So definitely go check them out. We know it's easy to kind of sometimes miss updates to do with this paranormal life, especially when we kind of stick them at the end of the podcast like this. So if you never want to miss a beat in the world of this paranormal life and all the goings on, make sure you're following us on social media because it's a cool way to meet other listeners of this paranormal life too. That's a really good point. Hanging out in the comments. Hanging out in the Secret Society on Facebook. Yeah. Showing off your water bottles. Your cool This Paranormal Life water bottles. Ignore uh, the color. From the gla- glacier swamp waters of Serbia, did you say? It's 51% Serbia, 49% can't say. Well, that's a worrying amount of can't say. It, also, was any of it water? You said it was water. No, no. It's all, well, legally I can't 
call it water. It's a it's glaciers, glacier swamp runoff. Legally, it's not water. Okay. Between me and you, it's refreshing as hell. All right. And who knows, that 49% could be water. We can't say. I mean, it's liquid. Yeah. It, it Is shares, that good enough? It shares a lot of the um, similar ingredients to Lombardi. So it we'll, does. we'll leave it at that. I think that's safe to say. Whenever we're kids and you're drinking Powerade, did you ever question yourself, how much percentage water is this what's the what's the radioactive content is there is there swamp water in this no you just drank it because it looked great tasted great and was blue nuclear blue a little bad for you sure yeah you didn't you didn't need to know the ratio everyone wants to know everything about everything they put in their bodies that there's a drink called gatorade alligatorade and you're coming at us for selling swamp water in a bottle Joe, go jog like, on. As I say, you can't yeah. actually. Now, sorry, now I'm it's not fired. water. It's not swamp water. It's, okay. It's swamp runoff, but still. I don't know how you get swampier than a swamp. How is this even worse than regular swamp water? Swamp runoff? A lot of it's... Oh, okay, okay. I think the less we say about though, the product. The less we say about the product no at this point, the better. If they hear that bit. Um, go, check out all, go check out everything we have on Patreon. The bottles may or may not be there. They could have been redacted by now. We don't know. The lawsuits are pending. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you tune in next week to another episode of This Paranormal Life. If you are somebody who loves all things spooky, then Real Life Ghost Stories podcast is the one for you. My name is Emma. I am the host of Real Life Ghost Stories podcast. And every week I bring to you three podcast episodes that are full to the brim with paranormal stories. Every Wednesday and Friday, I release a mini episode, which is dedicated to the spooky stories of our listeners. And every Sunday, we deep dive into a famous paranormal case. You can find Real Life Ghost Stories wherever you get your podcasts.